Thanks for listening to this message. For more information about The Exchange, visit www.theexchange.cc. Or you can join us for one of our Sunday gatherings each Sunday at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. Today I'm, uh, I'm excited to kick off a brand new message series that we are beginning today called Dangerous Prayers. Dangerous Prayers. Uh, I think most of us could agree that most people um, in this part of the world uh, pray very safe prayers. Think about it. Think about most of the prayers that you prayed recently. Most of the prayers that we pray are very safe. We pray things like, God, would you help me have a good day today? Okay, good prayer, good prayer, but yet very very safe in nature. Or maybe we pray things like this, God, uh, we're going on a trip. God, would you God, would you keep us protected, help us to drive safe, help us to keep between the lines on our trip. Okay, good, good prayer. All right, God answers those prayers, but very safe in nature. Or we pray things like, well, God, would you bless our food today? We're going to eat our food. God, Mama burned it a little bit, but God, would you bless it? Um, and God, would you help me to make a new friend today? Okay, good prayers. Again, both very good prayers, but yet very safe in nature. And so today, we're beginning a brand new series where we're going to be challenged over the next couple of weeks to pray some prayers that may be very dangerous in nature, all right? And I'm going to go ahead and warn you from the front, these are not easy prayers, all right? These are dangerous prayers. We're even calling them dangerous, dangerous in a good way, because here's what happens when we begin to really lean into what we're going to talk about. We pray in the way that we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks is that this happens, is that God may take us and he begin to, may begin to move us some outside of our comfort zone. And then it may begin to open up a door in our life for God to do something powerful in us and through us when we really begin to pray in these ways. So if you have a copy of scripture, go ahead and open up to Psalm 139. Book of Psalms, if right there in the middle of your Bible, if you split it in halves and you're good at halves, you'll probably land around Psalms or Proverbs. And if you don't have a hard or digital copy of Scripture, then we'll put some verses on the screen behind me um, for you to follow along with where we're going to be today. Psalm 139, um, and in Psalm 139, we see a prayer that a guy by the name of David prays. And David prayed this after his enemies and God's enemies were on the attack of accusing David of having wrong motives. And David, instead of defending himself, like many of us may do, David actually prayed a very dangerous prayer before God. And in Psalm 139, we're, we're introduced to that prayer that's going to set up where we're going to be today. So look with me, Psalm 139, verse 23 says this. It says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. A dangerous prayer. And to kind of, I mean, just to center our minds on that prayer and on that confession, to kind of set us up to be ready to receive today. I Man, I'm just going to ask you would, you, would you recite that? Would you say that prayer with me together out loud today? Psalm 139 says this, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. A dangerous prayer. And here's what we're going to do today. I want to take those uh, couple of verses, that prayer that David prays. I want to break that down into four different parts to hopefully not just uh, equip us to know a passage of Scripture, but hopefully to equip us with a prayer that we can begin to pray in our own lives. And so if you're taking notes today, um, the first thing that David prays is he prays this. He prays, search my heart. David prays, search my heart. He says it very directly in verse 23. He says, search me, God, and know my 
heart. Now, for some of you, you may look at that and think, well, why would we ask God to search our heart? Like, didn't he make it? Okay. Didn't he form us and fashion us? Like, he knows my heart. He knows I got a good heart. All right, you got a good heart. I got a good heart. God, God kind of knows that. But no, the reality that scripture points us to is this, that without Christ, we actually don't have a very good heart. Right? Scripture tells us that we have an evil heart apart from Christ. Look at Jeremiah 17 verse 9. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. You can't fix it. So who can understand it? See, we have to all understand today that without Christ, our heart is not a good heart. We deceive others and we deceive ourselves. Did you know the number one person that you lie to is yourself? We deceive ourselves without even knowing it. We lie to ourselves and we say things like, well, I, I'm not going to eat that much. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just going to have a little bit, all right? I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to drink that much. It'll just be one drink. I'm not, I'm, I'm not full of pride. I mean, there's a lot of people in my life who are, but I'm not full of pride. I mean, I'm just kind of better than most of the people in my workplace, but I'm not full of pride. And we say things like, you know, I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't struggle with lust. Like, that's not a big issue for me. I mean, one glance, it doesn't hurt me. Or I'm not materialistic. Listen, I just like to have nice things, okay? I just like to be taken care of. Or we say this, okay? Well, I'm, I'm not gossiping. Like, I, I'm not one who gossips. Listen, I just got to share with other people so that they can pray for all those people in my life who are doing all this stuff, right, okay? Is that not what we say? Man, we, we, man, we deceive ourselves many times above all people. The heart is deceitful. And so what we're doing is we're offering up a dangerous prayer here when we go before God and we say, God, search my heart. Like, look, look on in there. Look all throughout me. Search me. And know me. And when you pray, search my heart, it becomes a dangerous prayer because God is going to show you some things in your heart that are not pure. So buckle up. He's not going to do it to be cruel. But he's a good dad who longs for intimacy with his kids. And when we allow him to be real with us, it allows us to lean in and know him more. It's a dangerous prayer. David prayed it. He said, God, search my heart. He prayed, search my heart. There's a second part that he prayed, and he prays, reveal my fears. David essentially prays, reveal my fears. Look back at verse 23 of Psalm 139. He says, search, my, search me, God, know my heart. And then he says, test me and know my anxious thoughts. Know my anxious thoughts. I wonder, what is it in your life that makes you anxious? David told God, he was like, God, you know my anxious thoughts. I'm, I'm revealing them to you. I think a lot of times we don't maybe even think about what makes us anxious. We just kind of reason it off. It's like, well, everybody else kind of battles that, and I do too. But I wonder, what is it like in your life as a, as a student, as an adult, as a single parent? Like, what is it that makes you afraid? I'm not talking about like spiders and snakes, because like that's 99% of the room, okay? I'm not even talking about the guy who may be hiding behind the shower curtain, all right, in the dark. Every time you walk in the bathroom, you know, you got, some of you know who you are. You got to check every single time. He's never been there. But he may be there, so you got to check. Every time, it's just like, okay, all right, we're good? Okay. And every time, like, you're, you're locked and loaded. Like, you ready? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Some of you got your cell phone in your hand. Just like, okay, we're good. All right, put that down. That's not what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about what makes you afraid. What is it internally that makes you afraid and anxious? Is it you're afraid of losing your job? Is it afraid, like, well, I'm afraid I won't get married by this certain age? Or maybe I'm afraid that I might get trapped in the marriage that I'm in and be unhappy? Or maybe I'm afraid of failure. Or maybe I'm afraid of the future. I don't know what it is for me, for my kids, for my family. Maybe, maybe you're afraid of loss. What if I lose somebody? What if I lose something that's valuable to me? What are you afraid of? And the reality is, why does it even matter? 
Why would we say, God, show me my anxious thoughts? Why would we ask God to do that? Well, here's the reason I believe that is, is because what we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. Think about it. What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. If it has to do with your marriage, you're like, oh my goodness, my marriage, I don't know what's going to happen, I can't believe this. Listen, maybe you're not trusting God with your marriage. Or God, we're not going to be able to pay the bills if we, if we tithe this month, I don't know what's going to happen. Listen, you're not trusting God to provide. Or it has to do with your kids. Like sometimes we get in that mode as parents. Do we not say, I got to wrap my kids in bubble wrap. I got to keep them safe. Listen, maybe you're not trusting your children to the God who gave them to you. What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. And so we pray, God, reveal my fears. God, test me. God, show me where my anxious thoughts are. You know, as I've prayed this prayer in my own life, God, search me. God, know my heart. God, reveal where there may be anxious thoughts in me. Um, One of the things that God has shown me about, one of the things that I fear the most, not something I'm necessarily really proud of, but man, I'm scared to death many times of failing. And so many times if I succeed, it's driven out of a failure to fear, out of a fear to fail. But God says, trust me. And as I pray through that more and more, maybe on a deeper level, God's helped me begin to realize that many times I have a massive fear of just being inadequate. Of not being enough, not having enough wisdom, not having enough uh, experience or understanding or whatever it is. It's one of my biggest fears and it's a real issue because in my role as a dad, as a husband, as a leader within our church family, and God calls me not to walk in fear, but to walk in faith. He says, without faith, it's impossible to please me. I mean, there are things that I know that God wants our church to be about and to do and to take part in, but they're not all guarantees they're going to work out, at least not the way that I plan them. But God's revealing to me, as I lean into that more, he's going, man, you need to learn to trust you less and trust me more. You got to trust me more than you trust you. And stop taking all of that and put it on your shoulders and thinking it's you, up to you to make it happen. Maybe I'm sharing too much with you, but I'm just telling you it's real in my life. And God begins to make that clear to us that I have to surrender and trust him in faith in all circumstances. And as I lean into that, here's what he does in response to that. God begins to teach me a whole lot in his word about faith. About where maybe I have small faith or no faith. And he begins to replace that fear with faith. In the same way, I dare you to begin to pray that prayer. What would it look like if you prayed that prayer as a student, as an adult? God, search my heart. God, know me. And God, reveal my fears. God, point out any anxious thoughts in me that are driving me. Help me see where I fear the most and I trust you the least. And suddenly when that happens, you recognize in this one area, I'm not trusting God. I'm not believing that he's enough. I'm leaving it up to me. And then as you do that, you begin to get down to the root of it. And then guess what? God gives us his word, his truth that is eternal, that is a foundation, that is unshakable. And it begins to address the root of the problem. And then God may lead you to get to the point where whatever that is that your fear is, whatever it is that is anxious in you, where you begin to get to the place where you go, no, God, I I will step out in faith. God, I'll do whatever you're calling me to do. It may not make sense in here, but you're calling me to do it. It may be fear here, but I'm going to put faith there. And it begins to change how we pray. And when you pray this, God will begin to reveal things about yourself that you may have not been willing to acknowledge for years and years and years. And it becomes a dangerous prayer that you pray. 
Because the most common lie we often tell ourselves is, I'm good. Ain't no issues with me. No fears here. I'm all right. But David prayed, God, search my heart and God, reveal my fears. There's a third part of this prayer that David prays, and it gets even more difficult. The third prayer is David prays, uncover my sins. David prays, uncover my sins. What David prays, I love the courage that he had to pray it. Verse 24, Psalm 139, he says, see if there is any offensive way in me. So David prayed. God, is there anything offensive in me? God, show me anything that in my life that is inconsistent with your truth. Show me anything that is in me that's displeasing to you. See if there's any offensive way in me. You ever notice it's really difficult to see our own sins in the mirror? You ever notice that? Oh, but it is, it's so easy to call it out in others. Like theirs are glaring. Ours, I don't know that we even have a whole lot of them, right? I mean, think about it. It's so easy to find in others. Like, can you believe the picture she posted on Instagram? Like, seriously, what was she doing wearing that? Are you kidding me? Or do you see how he walks up and work? Acting like he got it all together, got all that money, bought that truck. You know he ain't got enough money to pay for that truck. He's in debt, all right? They don't know how to raise their kids. You ever seen their kids before? Uh huh. They're a holy tear up in Walmart. The other day they ripped the whole aisle apart. They don't know how to raise kids. But me, I'm pursuing Jesus and walking in holiness. You see, here's what I found it's so easy to, to accuse others and excuse ourselves. I mean, it's so easy to, to see it in others and accuse things in others. But whoa, when it comes to us, well, it's easy to excuse it. Well, that, I mean, that's just kind of my little thing. I mean, that's just, just kind of what I do to have to coat to get by. That's my deal, man. Don't worry about it. Hey, listen, you stay in your own lane over there, okay? This is me. But David here, he prays, God, would you uncover my sins? Would you uncover those things in me? I wonder if you've ever had something in your life that was uncovered in an uncomfortable way. Um, I experienced this about a week and a half ago around Valentine's Day. It was the uh, night before Valentine's Day, and uh, I had... Not really done anything for my wife yet. Um, hey, I'd lined up childcare. I'd lined up childcare. We were going to eat the next night, okay? So at least one mark right there for that. But I hadn't bought her anything, all right? And we, we, we said, like, hey, we're not going to spend a whole lot of money on each other. Like, but uh, we'll go out to eat. We'll enjoy a meal together. But I want to get her something, just a little something. Like, nothing, nothing crazy over the top. But just a little something special that she could enjoy, that she could use. And so the night before Valentine's Day, she had plans, and so I was like, I know what I'll do. Like, this is it. This is my moment. Okay, so I grabbed my six-year-old son, Braylon, and I was like, all right, buddy, listen, we're going on a secret errand, okay? That's where we're going. So I went to the most romantic, thoughtful, sentimental place that I could think of, Walgreens. <laughs> some of you were there. Yeah, some of you were there. And I went in. I was like, we're going to get a card, and we'll get like a gift, something that like, I, you know, just swipe, sweep her off her feet. Okay, no doubt from Walgreens. It's coming. And so I walked down the card aisle. And just if you ever wondered, like 7 o'clock on the night before Valentine's Day, um, there aren't any good cards left. Okay, all right. So I ended up making my own card. Okay, another brownie point right there, clearly. Okay, there was nothing good. But then we walked over to the gift cards, and I was like, okay, well, I'll find something. It's like maybe her favorite store, something she enjoys. I'll get a gift card, and she'll, she'll like that. So as we're looking at the gift cards, my son looks over here to the other side, and he goes, Dad, look, there's a, there's a gift card to GameStop. And I was like, buddy, listen, listen, listen. Okay, the video game store. I was like, no, 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 listen. Like, one, we're not getting that for mom. Okay, she's probably not fired up about that. And two, 
you don't need that either, okay? This is not for you. And so what I knew was that my wife had already purchased him a GameStop card that he would be getting the next morning as a little part of his Valentine's Happy. And so I was like, buddy, you don't need that. So we found one that I thought my wife would like. We bought it, got it, all right, put it with the card, take it home. Next day, okay, it's morning time. Our kids are getting up. And so we kind of give them their Valentine's Happies first. And so they come to the breakfast table and we got them like little heart donuts and there's the Valentine gifts. And so they open up their gifts and then it's time for me to take my daughter to school. My son got his GameStop gift card. He's fired up. So I leave to take my daughter to school. My wife and my son's still at home um, getting ready. And so while I leave and go to school, I hear this story later is that my wife looked at my son, my six-year-old and says, hey buddy, did you like your, your GameStop gift card? And he goes, yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah, mama, I'm really thankful. Thank y'all for giving it to me. He's like, it's just like the one that I saw at the store last night. To which my wife replied, oh, really? What store was that? To which my son replied, uh-oh. <laughs> Me and daddy went to a store, but you weren't supposed to know about that. <laughs> to which my wife replied, I think I know which store you went to, and I think I know why you were there. Busted, all right? My, my secret was uncovered, all right? It's the same way when we pray, God, un- uncover my sins. The heart is incredibly deceitful, and so are six-year-olds. The heart is deceitful, Scripture says. Our heart is deceitful. That's why it takes tremendous courage to pray, God, search my heart. God, test me. God, reveal my fears and God, uncover my sins. See if there's any offensive way in me. It can be a game-changing prayer because when you give God permission to point out sins that are within your heart, listen to me, He will. He will. I want to give you real quick three questions, three, I think, just really applicable questions that are really helpful for you to ask yourself as we pray, God, uncover my sins. These are three questions to ask yourself to help you be really self-aware, okay? And these are dangerous. Are you ready? Here's the first question to ask is that what are others trying to tell me? What are others trying to tell me? What are other people in my life who love me and who are for me trying to tell me when they say, hey, listen to me, I love you, but I think that you you have a problem with this. I love you and I'm so for you, but like this is is something that you're struggling with. You need to pray about this. You need to seek God's, God's guidance in your life on this. Listen to me, when three or four people begin to reveal that who love you and who are for you and they begin to say those things in your life towards you, listen to me. You need to pay attention because there's a common denominator and it's you. See, what are those things that other people are trying to tell you that maybe you're not paying attention to? Here's a second question as we pray, God, uncover my sins. Ask yourself, what have I rationalized for quite some time? What have I rationalized for quite some time? In other words, yeah, I mean, this may not be right, but it's it's not that big of a deal. Well, this is just kind of my thing. Like, this is what I just do to cope. Like, it's, it ain't, listen, it ain't hurting anybody. Like, it's, it's my thing. It's not your thing. Like, it's okay. What, what is that thing maybe that you've rationalized in your life for, for quite some time? And the third question to evaluate ourselves is that where am I most defensive? Where am I most defensive? No, we're not going there. Mm-mm. We don't need to talk about that. No, listen, that's not a problem. Where are, you, where are you going defensive? Because you see what happens is when you have the courage to pray this prayer, see if there's any offensive thing in me, God. Let me make you a promise today, church. God will point something out. Be ready. If you mean it, 
He will answer it and he will begin to reveal things to you to begin to shape you so that you can lean in and trust him more. God will point out some things that maybe you've been trying to explain away for a long time. God will point out some things that you've been trying to deny. And listen to me, don't deny the truth. Denying the truth doesn't make the truth false. But instead, our response must be to submit ourselves to what God is saying, what he's trying to show us. And then when we do, we have the courage to go, God, if you're showing this to me, listen to me, I'm going to bring this to the light. Scripture calls that confession. The confession has two parts. We confess to God for forgiveness and we confess to people for healing. We confess to God for forgiveness. Look at this. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. John writes, he says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. In other words, if you think you're all good, John just said, no, you ain't. And here's verse 9. Look at verse 9. Look at this. If we confess, when we realize there's something maybe offensive in me, if we confess our sins to God, He, God, is faithful and He's just and He will forgive us. That's good news, church. He will forgive us our sins and He'll purify us from all unrighteousness. We confess to God for forgiveness. And check this out. We confess to others for healing. Here's what James writes, James 5.16. He says, Therefore, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. We confess to God for forgiveness and we confess to others for healing. And that's why over and over you hear us say here as a part of the exchange that man, the, one of the most obedient things that you can do is to connect your life and spiritual community with a life group. You see, it's good and it's right and it's obedient when we as the people of God gather an intentional community with others in a small setting, whether it's women or men or couples or students, and we get together and we, and we, we allow our lives to be transparent, to go, hey, listen, like this, this area is a struggle for me. This, this, this is the, the battle I'm fighting right now. Hey, listen, this is what I feel like God's teaching me. Hey, would you, would you pray for me? Hey, would you hold me accountable? And listen to me. Hey, watch this, watch this. When we begin to be authentic and real about that, we go, God, uncover my, my sins, reveal my fears, and help me to walk it out in community. So listen, 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 here's what happens. You begin to realize, she's not perfect. He's not perfect. I don't have to be perfect. And listen to me, let me, let me just side note here, okay? If you walk in today and like you got all of life figured out, everything's in straight rows in your life, and you just like dominate in every area, okay, listen to me. If you're, if you're perfect, then this is probably not the church for you, okay? Because this is just, I mean, just hang out for a little while. You're going to find out. It's like a house full of just totally imperfect people in every way, and it starts with a dude running his mouth, okay? And we, we are a house. And so if you walk in today, like, you're all perfect. You're going to mess all us imperfect people up, okay? So this, this ain't you, all right? Listen to me. It's a house full of imperfect people being transformed by a perfect God who's redeeming and restoring and sanctifying and cleansing and purifying these things in us, which I believe is just the way that God calls it to be. It's a house full of people praying, God, search my heart. God, reveal my fears. God, uncover my sins. And when we pray all of that put together, watch what it does. Watch this. It points to our need for Jesus. It points to our need for his grace. It points to the fact that our identity better be so rooted in Him, our joy, our hope, our trust, our faith. Rooted in Him. 
Our need always points us to the area where we must call on and learn to depend on Jesus most. And it begins to sound like, I'm, I'm, I'm addicted. I, I won't admit it, but I'm addicted. Listen to me. You need Jesus' power to overcome your addiction. And you begin to say things like, listen to me. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I'm battle with pride. Like, it's a, it's a real struggle for me. Well, you need Jesus to help humble you. I, mean, I, I like materialistic things. Like I, just, I just like to have some more stuff. Listen to me. You need Jesus to remind you this world is not your home. Hold on to it loosely. You go, man, like lust is a real struggle for me. It's a fight. Listen, you need Jesus to reset your mind daily, daily, daily to his plans and his purposes. And all of a sudden we begin to pray, God, search me. God, know me. God, reveal. God, uncover. And whatever God shows you, it always points to your need for Christ. Daily. It's a dangerous prayer, church. It takes courage to pray it because when you pray it, God will show you some things about yourself that maybe you're not real proud of. But listen to me. There's always grace. There's always grace. And there's hope because He's a redeeming, restoring God. And He's a good dad who loves His kids. And David prays one more prayer. I don't want us to miss it. David prays at the end of verse 24. He prays, lead me. Lead me. God, when you show me what I don't like about myself, when you show me what needs to be changed, now would you lead me in the way everlasting? That's what David prayed. Verse 24, Psalm 139. He says, see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. See, when you have courage to pray a dangerous prayer, that's what could happen. You pray, search me, God. You have permission to look deep into the depths of who I am, my mind, heart, soul, attitudes, motives, all of me. God, search me. Then we pray, God, reveal my fears. God, what what do I fear the most? This is where I trust you the least. God, just be real with me. I want to know. And God, would you uncover my sins? And what what is it offensive in me that that separates me from you? God, clean it out. Clean it out. And when you have the courage to pray in this way, God will begin to reveal to you more and more and more His ways, His purposes, His plans for your life. And He lead you in the way everlasting. You see, what I found is many times in your, your early years of following Jesus, so many of you may be new to your faith, you often begin to get the big things out of the way. But it doesn't stop there. Because the longer you journey with Jesus, he begins to show you all these little small things along the way that also need to be pruned out. Sometimes you realize that the small things were a product of the big things. And sometimes the small things are the big things. And what we begin to see is we begin to see an openness to our need for Jesus. And we begin to pray, Jesus, I need your help daily. Yeah, I've been walking with you for 20 years. But I need you. I need you today. I need your power. I need your freedom. I need your grace in my life. And then listen to me. God in his faithfulness meets you in your obedience and authenticity and honesty. And he reveals to you the way everlasting. He reveals to you the way everlasting. When you pray this prayer, it will show your need for Jesus. And then you can take that need directly to Jesus and let Jesus meet you where you are and he will begin to conform you into his image to be more like him. And it becomes an incredibly dangerous prayer that could change your life forever. So I wonder today, man, as we close out, will you pray that prayer with me out loud today? As you see it on the screen, search me, God, and know my heart. 
Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Thanks again for listening to this message. For more information about The Exchange or to find out how you can connect with or support what God is doing, visit www.theexchange.cc. Now go, be the church, and give life.